The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. I'm your host, Deanna, and thank you a million and one percent for tuning in and joining us for today for a topic that I have mixed feelings on. I have mixed feelings on even having to record this episode, wanting to talk about it, not wanting to talk about it. And the reason is, I don't know, I go back and forth because today we are talking about your guide, your new guide to a six pack to having some abs, to having a little definition through your core. And the reason that I hesitate talking about this is because who the fuck cares? Who cares? What what difference does it make? What bearing on your life does it have? Whether or not you have a six pack or an eight pack or a four pack or no definition or core, like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Really wrap your brain around that. What part of your life things that matter, genuinely matter, has any correlation to you having defined abs. Like, I don't know, very, very superficial. And you guys know me at this point. If you, this is not your first episode, and I really hope it is not, because if you're tuning in for the first time, you're like, what the hell is this girl talking about? But usually on the show, we are diving deep into the mindset and the mental strength, mental toughness, mental discipline side of health and fitness, and making sure that you are gearing yourself up to have a transformation, you know, Physically, yeah, but mentally more than anything else. And that is the harder and more important and and my favorite piece of the journey. So when it comes to very, very superficial topics like how to have abs or how to lose belly fat, and to to me it's not it's very surface level, right? That that is, I mean, that's obvious, of course, but it just does not have that same drive that same passion that same you know this shit really matters as a lot of the other topics that we do talk about here on the show but at the end of the day I want to do what the people want me to do and I have been getting quite a few requests on just this topic in particular not necessarily like how do I have a six-pack but just the questions regarding you know um, how to lose body fat specifically in your stomach area or going into a little bit of a cut for the summer okay what do I need to do so that I do have abs and just like anything in fitness growing muscle losing body fat body recomposition all of these goals I think there's a time and a place for every single goal and I think that goals are incredibly important to allow us to have a focus to be able to progress forward and have a goal in mind, like you are zeroed in on a specific purpose, which is great. But when it comes to something like this, or really any goal, like please do not lose yourself in trying to achieve it. I think that's just a blanket term that I really do want to express pretty strongly before we dive into this topic specifically. Do not lose yourself and your worth and your lifestyle and your personality and all these things going crazy trying to get abs for this summer, trying to get a six pack. Okay, it is not worth it. There is no goal in health and fitness that is worth you having to sacrifice everything about you and everything about your routine and everything about everything that you enjoy. There needs to be a balance as per usual. When it comes to having abs, it requires a a new layer, a new level of sacrifice, typically for most people, in order to reach a body fat percentage low enough where you do, in fact, have ab or core definition. 
So let me just preface by saying that abs are not the be and end all of your journey. If we are going through some stuff personally, and then now you have abs, that personal shit does not just go away. We don't now gain confidence because we have abs. We don't now, you know, show up as a happier, healthier version of you because we've got abs in our bikini. Like none of that matters. None of that correlates. You have to make sure you are taking care of you from the inside out and from the top down, top meaning your brain, your mental health, your body, everything first before we worry about the superficial goals. Okay. So with that, we are going to dive into exactly how the heck this happens, but nobody out there start going crazy to get yourself some abs. So I'd like you all to consider this episode, the guide to your new six pack. Okay. We're going to learn exactly what it takes to start seeing some definition that you may have wanted to see, uh, through your core. Okay, now learning this information, however, listening, learning, taking notes, doing what you got to do does not guarantee you now have a six pack in a few months because there is a lot that goes into this really just like any other goal you have in fitness. Um, And it takes time. Anything worth having takes time. Anything that you want to keep takes time. So just be aware of that first and foremost. But I do think it's really important to have just a clear view, a clear image on exactly what it is going to take in order for your core definition to show up, um, especially heading into the summer. So I got you guys. I got you covered. I want to be able to share any of the information that I have and I have used and helped me to be able to lose a little bit of body fat just in that regard in general. So I do also want to start off by saying, I was fortunate enough to start gymnastics, the sport of gymnastics, at a very young age. I was about three years old when my mom put me in the sport. And of course, no, it was not serious at that time, but it got serious pretty quickly by the age of six. I was competing. I was at a competitive level with it, um, competing against girls who were twice my age, X, Y, Z. So I was very fortunate with that early start to movement and exercise um, because it taught me a tremendous amount about really controlling my own body weight and being able to support myself. And a lot of that does come from having a rock solid core, a core foundation. If you think about the sport of gymnastics, like you are never lifting more than just you. But as you are doing all of these movements and skills and routines, your body weight through different points of gravity in different positions gets really freaking heavy. And in order to be able to support yourself and be able to really do any of the things you need to do, it does stem down to having a very, very, very strong core. But again, just like anything, being a gymnast does not mean you now automatically have abs. Like, ah, shoot, you know, I didn't start gymnastics at three years old. There's no way I'm going to have abs because I can count on approximately one hand the amount of teammates that I had through my 18 years in the sport who also had abs because there is a lot more, like I said at the start, that goes into it aside from just a singular factor, right? Oh, gymnast has abs. Nope. Eats this, has abs. Nope. Does this workout have abs? No, no. There is not one single moment, one single aspect that you can check off your list that will now guarantee your six pack. It doesn't just happen for everyone because about 90% of you gaining definition through your core comes down, comes to what you do outside of the gym. What does that mean, everybody? Your nutrition. And it sucks. It sucks. It's not the answer anybody wants to hear when it comes to any goal that they have that you now need to work double time, not just in the gym, but outside of the gym as well. But abs are 1000% created about 90% from your nutrition, 10% from your workouts. And there is that term that goes around and around in the fitness industry. Abs are made in the kitchen. This, 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 like it could not be more true. And I want to just, I'm living proof of that. 
as of right now, I would say personally, I have more definition. I'm leaner through my core now than I have been in my entire life. And currently now I do the least amount of training and specific core work ever than I have ever in my entire life. I do abs, like ab specific workouts, maybe once a week for like 10 to 15 minutes, maybe. And I have better abs now than I ever have in my life. Why? Because my nutrition at this point in my journey is the best it has ever been. And I'm not just talking in, you know, hitting my macros. I'm talking about the actual quality of my food the quality of the things that I'm consuming. I'm not eating crap food. I'm not eating processed foods. I'm not eating snacks. I'm not eating junk. I'm not trying to fit in, you know, an extra piece of cake and this to my macros because it works. Like everything that I put in my body right now because of my gut healing protocol has to be top of the line. And let me just tell you guys, my wallet and my budget are suffering because of it, but my body has never felt better. So there is a pro and a con to this, of course, but really, really, really your abs, it comes down to your nutrition. And with that, they are then made visible by having a low enough body fat percentage, which also comes down to your nutrition. So all of this stemming back, I'm not going to make this episode about how to diet or how to be in a calorie deficit because I have done episodes on that. I have done a ton of information on cutting or creating a calorie deficit or what to expect. I have covered that at length, but I want to make sure that this episode specifically, we do touch on it a little bit because it is such a vital part of wanting to lose a little bit of stomach fat, wanting to lose a little bit of overall fat. So abs, the recipe, the percentages, 90% nutrition, 10% workouts made visible by having a low enough body fat percentage. So there is no amount of crunches you can do. There is no amount of sit-ups you can do. There is no amount of cardio you can do that will allow your core to look the way you want it to look if you're not there yet kind of deal. Okay. And it also does depend on uh, genetics for this factor. Reason I say that too is because everybody's everybody's body holds fat in different areas. So think about it like this. If you were to gain a little weight right now, five pounds for the holidays, 10 pounds for this, whatever it is, maybe you go into a bulking phase, you're in a calorie surplus. Think about where your body tends to get a little larger first. For me personally, that's my stomach. I hold a majority of my body fat. When I do start to get a little fluffy through my bulks and whatnot, it's always my stomach. Some people, women specifically, hold that fat in their legs or their upper body, or it's that that fat distribution is entirely genetic. It's not that some people have hold more fat than others. Like we will all hold the same amount of fat, just where you hold it will be based on your genetics. But going back to my initial question, wherever you gained it first is typically where you lose it last. And for females specifically, having an extra little bit of fat in your core, in your midsection, is a genetic design to be able to protect your reproductive organs. That is one of the most valuable pieces of a female, right? That is, you know, if you're talking about the creation of human beings, what do females need is it's that reproductive piece. So to be able to have some extra fat around that area, it is protection. Fat is always protection, but your body is going to protect the really vital stuff first And that's why a lot of women tend to hold a little bit of extra body fat through their abdomen, through their lower stomach specifically. Everyone who has like that little bit of like a pooch or like a little pouch at the bottom or whatever you want to call it. Like I have heard it called a million different things. You guys know what I'm talking about. Some of that is inevitably going to have to stay there. 
It's going to. I have one. You have one. Everybody has one. Everyone out there, male or female, you will hold body fat in that region. But again, going through this journey, there are ways to eliminate or reduce some of it. So let's figure out exactly what that means. Step number one, nutrition, of course, figuring out exactly what you need to do in the kitchen to make sure that you can start to see a little bit more visibility for your abs. And first things first, you are going to need to be in a calorie deficit. So basically what that means is you need to be eating less than you are burning on a daily basis. So nothing drastic before anyone out there starts eating, you know, five pieces of, of toast and and a half a banana for the day. Like, nope, we need to be in a calorie deficit that is going to be sustainable for you. Why? Because you have to stick to it for a long duration of time in order for your fat to actually dissipate. So for example, if you are typically eating around 2000 calories for the day, and that allows you to maintain your weight, maybe you weigh 150 pounds, and you're always kind of weighed 150 pounds, you always kind of eat 2000 calories, cool, that is your maintenance. Now, if we want to go into a calorie deficit, you want to lose a little bit of fat for the summer, you may drop down to around 1700 calories, right? Not a huge drop down from 2000. But if you eat in a 17, if you eat 1700 calories, every single day, you eat in a 300 calorie deficit every single day for not just a day, not just a week, not just a month, but over extended periods of time, I'm talking month, two months, three months, your body will be in a position to be burning its own body fat for fuel because you are not eating enough food. But because your deficit is not anything drastic, you didn't drop down to a thousand calories, your body's also going to be maintaining its muscle mass, which is incredibly important. We almost wanna force our bodies to just burn off the fat. So how do we do it? Small calorie deficit. And then making sure we are also eating enough protein during that time. I always recommend around a, uh, one gram to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, uh, primarily coming from whole food sources. However, also supplementing in with something like a high quality protein powder, making sure you are getting that proper post-workout nutrition in right after you do work out. That's going to be incredibly vital to maintaining your muscle mass and then allowing that small calorie deficit to do its job and burn a little bit of extra body fat. Going through that process for a week, two weeks, a month, six months, whatever it is, what to expect. Typically, if you're doing it sustainably, you're going to expect around a half a pound to a pound down a week. And that is slow. That is slow, but it is regular. So if you step on the scale at 150, the next day or the next couple of days, maybe we're at 149.8. Then we step on the scale again, we're at 149.5. Then we step on the scale again, we're at 149.1. And then we're at 148.6. Like those drop downs, those decreases are very, very small. But after a week, two weeks, three weeks, oh my gosh, we lost three pounds. Then we lost five pounds. Now I'm down seven pounds. It continues to be very regular versus the person who drops their calories in half and then loses all of their muscle mass. And instead of having a nice lean core with nice abs, they are left with that skinny fat feeling, feeling like, oh, I look the exact same as I did before, but now I'm just a smaller version of that. So eating enough protein during your small calorie deficit is going to allow you to maintain your muscle mass, which will then help with the definition through your core. 
So how do we stick to that deficit? I always like to recommend volume foods, basically adding a ton of fruits and veggies um, to your meals so that you are still eating a good amount of food, but you don't feel like you know, you're know you starving through your deficit or you're super, super hungry. So volume foods are going to be your best friend with this time. Things like egg whites, you can add to pretty much everything. It gives you more protein, not a ton of calories, doing some low fat options, things like that to be able to better maintain your deficit. Why? Because abs are made in the kitchen and it's very, very important. That consistency is a top priority. Now, coming from that consistency, two major pieces here. One, eating your food from home eating your food from home. If you are not already tracking your food, this is something I highly recommend for almost everybody out there who has a goal in fitness, because if you do not know how much you are consuming or what you are consuming, it is very hard to know what you need to do in order to reach the goal that you have. So if you are tracking your food and you were eating a majority of your foods from home, it becomes a lot easier to get as accurate as possible with your tracking. You know for sure what's in your dinner. You know for sure what's in the the smoothie that you're drinking. You know for sure what you're having for breakfast. You have control over the most vital piece that allows you to succeed in gaining abs or losing body fat. And that's really important. Think about that. If you know that 90% of your progress in your six pack for the summer comes down to your nutrition, why would you not do everything in your power to control as much of your nutrition as possible? right? So eating from home, being able to cook your foods, prepare your foods, track your foods accurately, incredibly important. That's piece number two is making sure that you guys are tracking. And again, if you're eating from home, you're doing that. You're going to have a much easier time than going out to eat four or five times for the week, guesstimating all of that food, having no idea what's really going in your body, getting frustrated, and then thinking, oh, I need to drop my calories lower because I don't see any abs, right? Nothing's changing in my midsection. I'm still holding on to fat there. One, are you consistent? Two, has it been long enough? Three, are you accurate? And four, give it some dang time. Okay, all of these things matter a ton. So the nutrition piece is everything right here, right now. If you have been someone who, and I get these messages a lot, I've been doing everything, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, and I'm just not seeing blank result. I just don't have any more definition in my abs. Or I get messages even just asking me, what are you doing for your abs? It is nutrition and consistency. As I just mentioned, I very rarely train my core muscles. I have a good foundation there. And then just to maintain that right now, it's diet. It is absolutely my diet. It's the food I put in my body, how much food I'm putting in my body, what those choices are over and over and over again. So if you are someone who's going back and forth, frustrated as ever, because you've got, you know, spring break coming up, you've got vacation, you've got the summer, whatever it may be, and you just want to have a little bit more definition there. I don't think that is a bad goal for anybody. I just want to make sure you guys are doing it in a sustainable way and you're doing it the right way so that you don't get entirely frustrated from it. So if you want more ideas as to nutrition, just some of my go-to meals and things like that, I have also done a few other episodes on specifically nutrition, and I highly recommend checking those out as well. And the last thing I'll say for nutrition, and I know nobody's going to want to hear this, but alcohol is making it harder. Alcohol is making it so, so much harder. Alcohol is going to be, I mean, anything that I say really for this episode does apply to any other goal you have in fitness, but really specifically for core and abs and being lean enough through your midsection, 90% of the time, whoever you're thinking about who has abs or is really lean, they probably drink maybe in moderation. It is not a regular part of their routine. It is not an every night part of their routine. And 
for good reason. Alcohol is going to be one of the most harmful things for progress, specifically fat loss. And it inhibits the fat loss that your body is so desperately trying to do. And a lot of times when we are drinking, we are also super inflamed. And then where does that inflammation show up? For a lot of people, me specifically, right in our stomachs. And then it starts to mess with digestion a little bit. We're not really as regular. And all of that tends to kind of back up and almost pile up on each other with all these reasons where you know, you don't feel your best. And then all of a sudden, three, four, five days have gone by and you're out drinking again. And then you're out drinking again, you're out drinking again. So that continuous alcohol use is going to make fat loss in general, a lot harder, but specifically getting to that next level of enough fat loss to see definition through your abs. Alcohol is not a great option. And I will never say like, don't drink because I myself personally drink. I tell all my clients like, go out, have a fun time. It's all about finding a balance for what matters to you most. So if going out and having a great time with your girls is like something you enjoy doing every Friday night, it's girls night, like absolutely continue to do that. But also be aware of the fact that we may not get results as quickly as we want to if we were to dial it back on Fridays. So almost finding a happy medium. Maybe you do go out on Fridays with the girls, but instead of five drinks, we get three. Instead of three drinks, we get one. Or maybe you go out with the girls every weekend, but you only drink every other weekend. There, there's small things that you can do. It does not need to be this black or white, all or nothing, cut it out. You can't drink, no alcohol, no going out to eat, no desserts, no sweets. I am not that person. I am not that person for me, for my clients, for anyone in my life who ever asks me for advice. That is never my advice. I always just like to think of it as like a spectrum. Over on the left side, we have do absolutely none of those things, cut it all out of your routine, and you will have the quickest fitness journey possible. And then all the way on the right side, we have do all of those things and be okay with very, very, very slow progress. Like where are you comfortable falling on that spectrum? Find that range and then stick to it. As I mentioned, there is another piece, there's another component to gaining your six pack for the summer. And that does come from workouts. It is not entirely useless. And I don't want people to think that either. Like, oh, I don't have to train abs, forget it. Like if you don't have definition or if you don't have the muscle needed under that layer of fat, what are we going to be revealing, right? When the fat is gone, nothing, right? We, if we want like the abs, the look of abs, the tightness of abs, you do need to have ab muscles. So there is a few things that you can and should be doing during the time of your calorie deficit and really all hours of the day, every day, all year long, like these things don't go away. But specifically speaking, if you are in that calorie depth, so you want to make sure you're maintaining these things as well. First things first, from a workout standpoint, lifting heavy, lifting heavy compound movements and lifting heavy through them is arguably one of the most important pieces for any physique goal that you have because it's going to recruit a heck of a lot of muscles, a heck of a lot of muscle fibers. It's going to be a very, very challenging movement. And 99% of the time, you should be bracing your core like nothing else. And all of that hard work is going to help you better define and strengthen and build the muscles of your core. So my favorite compound movement specifically for core work, front squats, top of the charts. Not only are they going to annihilate your quads, which is always a fun time, but it's going to put so much stress in a good way on your core in order to be able to really balance and hold and protect the form of a proper front squat. So if these are not something you've never done before, I highly recommend adding them in slowly but surely, uh, even doing any sort of exercises with dumbbells in the front racked position. So if you're going to do goblet squats in the front or even front rack dumbbell front squats is really good. Um, anything that causes you to have that, that weight, that load in the front is going to put a lot of work on your abs. I remember the first couple of times I ever did front squats back in college, 
obviously I could barely walk. My legs were so sore, but my abs, I couldn't laugh. I couldn't sit up. Like my core was wrecked for a good couple of days afterwards. So front squats, number one, anything with um, a barbell like deadlifts or squats or even reverse lunges, anything unilateral that causes you to have to kind of balance yourself is going to activate quite a bit of your core as well. So making sure you are prioritizing those compound movements and then you're lifting heavy as heck on them. We're not just going through the motions, doing the same weights that we've been doing all the dang time. We are progressively overloading each of them. Now, other piece of the puzzle, ab-specific training. Now, this, just like anything else, cannot be done every day. That was one of the biggest mistakes that I had made when I first started just getting regular in the gym is like, I didn't know what to do. So I did cardio and then I did abs and then I did cardio and then I did abs and then I did cardio and then I, and I did that pretty much every single day. And I would change up the cardio. Sometimes it was sprints. Sometimes it was hit. Sometimes it was the stairs, whatever. But then it was abs. It was always followed by abs. And I didn't understand why that would be an issue. Like my abs weren't sore. Like I was fine, whatever. If you train a muscle group every single day, how is it supposed to recover and rebuild and get stronger. It can't. Think about it like this. If you were to train shoulders every single day, how would your shoulders be growing? They can't. They are just constantly in a broken down state with you breaking them down further. And your abs are the same exact way. It's a muscle group just like any other muscle group in your body. So I would recommend ab-specific training um, to be spaced out throughout the week. I would say max two to three times a week and nothing crazy either. Your abs are little, they're little muscles. You don't want to be doing it for 20, 30, 40, 50 plus minutes of specific ab and core training. It's too much. I think a general rule of thumb, if you are doing the right stuff and you are kind of you know, working on really, really engaging your core, 10 to 15 minutes should be max. You should be good to go 10 to 15 minutes, a couple of times a week, stick to your calorie deficit, and you will start to notice a little bit of an improvement there. So my go-to ab exercises, and there's about a zillion and five of them out there, but I feel like every time I do sit down to do abs, these are the ones that I kind of fall back on. So first things first, we've got Russian twists, any sort of ab rollouts, either with like the little rollout ball or like a stability ball hanging knee tucks, one of my absolute favorites. Um, like I said, anything on a stability ball with like crunches or knee tucks or anything using that ball, awesome. Anything on a BOSU ball, also fantastic if your gym has one of those because it's going to cause you to have that stability um, component added into the, the core work. So not only are you doing crunches, but you're doing crunches while trying to balance and it's going to recruit all the tiny little ab muscles in there too. It's almost like a two for one. You get more bang for your buck if you're adding in that balance component. Um, plank holds, another really, really great one on your elbows, either front or side, uh, bicycles. And then sometimes very rarely will I do weighted ab exercises really only from time to time. And I'll grab like a 10 pound dumbbell or a little 10 pound medicine ball, something along those lines. But I like to cycle through pretty much primarily those in like circuit style, maybe like 30 seconds on 15 seconds off, or even for reps, you know, 20 of everything kind of deal, go through a couple of times. It should not be anything drastic. And I think that having a good balance of like movement exercises, things like crunches, things like sit-ups where your movement is there and also balancing in, you know, stability exercises, things like a plank hold, things like the ab rollouts, things like um, anything on the BOSU ball where you're maybe more isolated and you're holding it, but your core is working. Like a hollow hold would be a really good example for that. So a good balance of the two of them, again, two to three times a week, do not do anything drastic. I always add this in at the end of my workout um, just because, I don't know, I primary focus of my time in the gym is spent strength training on whatever the muscle group is that I'm hitting that day. And then after the fact, I will be jumping into my ab work. 
So now we know the two most helpful components with nutrition and then workouts. And the two of them, when paired correctly together and given enough time, will do the job. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. There are a few things that are absolutely hurting this process. You guys already heard me talk through one of them with alcohol being a really big inhibitor of the progress you want to see through your midsection. Another really, really big one is stress. Stress is a beast when it comes to fat loss on your journey and specifically any sort of water weight or or bloating or um, just fat retention through your core. Stress is going to amplify it times 10. If you are in a chronically stressed out state, you are going to have a very hard time seeing any sort of progress through your midsection. And what's going to be really frustrating is that you probably will, doing all of these things, see progress through your upper body. Feel like your legs are leaning out a little bit. Notice clothes are fitting a little bit better, but it's going to feel like your stomach is so stubborn. And I will start by saying your stomach will lose the fat the last piece. Like it'll take the longest, but having a chronic stress component also into that equation, it is more of a question of, is this even going to do what it needs to do? Will I ever see that progress? That is how detrimental stress can be to your journey. And I did an episode on this as well, because it's something that has hit me really, really hard this past year or so with all of my stomach and digestive issues and everything going on. That stress component cannot be there. So how do we decrease stress a little bit? We make sure that we are sleeping enough. We make sure we're getting quality sleep. We make sure that we are doing things throughout our day to help us calm down, whether that's deep breathing or stretching or a little digestive walk or maybe just five minutes spent outside actively doing things to bring your cortisol back down. Also just decreasing the amount of processed foods that you eat. Because having a crappy diet and processed foods is going to raise up your body's just trying to get rid of all of it and it's stressed out and it's working 10 times harder to get rid of all the crap that you're eating and then you don't feel good and then you're stressed about that and it spirals, it spirals, it spirals. So make sure that you are also taking care of yourself from a stress management standpoint while you are in a calorie deficit, while you're doing all these things, while you're adding in your ab workouts and everything like that. If you are also chronically stressed, we should address that problem first. Great news for anyone who has been listening to the show and you've been implementing my nutrition tips and you've been focusing on progressive overload in the gym and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't need to change anything. You do not need to change a thing in order to be quote unquote on track to see your six pack for the summer. You just have to do what most people cannot do, which is stick with it and stick with it for a while. That is the hardest part of your fitness journey. And any goal that you have in any area is being able to do the nitty gritty, being able to do the everyday things, being able to stick to that routine for way longer than you think you need to in order to see the results. Because the results will come. If you're doing all these things, you are following, you know, the the tips and tricks that I just added in here. You've been listening to the show. You're prioritizing your nutrition. You're doing everything, you know, quote unquote, right. But you're like, it's still not there yet. I still don't have abs. Okay, it hasn't been long enough. And when you do have abs, and that's how long it takes. I can't tell you right off the top of my head. It'll take six months. It'll take a year. It'll take two months. I don't know. Everybody starts at a different place. And everybody's 100% effort is also very different as well. So for you and your journey, all I can say is it's going to take probably longer than you want it to, which is why we should always start a little earlier than we want to, and then be okay with the slow and steady committing yourself to the everyday actions that seem boring, that seem repetitive, that seem like the nitty gritty. That is what's going to guarantee your results. 
So do not overcomplicate this journey. Do not start buying into all of these detox teas and waist trainers and, oh my goodness, I've been doing this ab exercise instead of that ab exercise. That's why I'm not seeing results. Like it, it is not that deep. It is not that specific. If you haven't implemented Russian twists into your your training, that's not the reason why we don't have abs. Like there is nothing that holds that much weight in your journey. The only things that hold that much weight as far as your progress comes is a calorie deficit and then strength training. Being able to have those two things combined together is what's going to allow your body to see the changes it needs to see. So everything else is helpful, but you have to master those two things first. And then of course, just give it the time that it needs. So being okay with the slow and steady progress. And if you start now, you've got a very solid chance to have some nice glistening abs for the summer. And I am so hyped for you. I want that for you. I hope this all helps. And I promise for next week, we will get back into the mindset piece, the mental toughness, the discipline, all of that when it comes to your fitness journey. But it's always nice to have a little bit of abs while we do it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will catch you next week.